All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 19. Brother Jason, would you take my tithe back there? I would not preach without tithing. I promise you that. And I always forget that basket's back there. That's a good thing to have back there, but I forget the baskets back there. I expect somebody to come get my tithe, amen, but uh, uh, it's called ushers, but uh, we're going to get back to that sometime too, but I want to thank God for the good giving over the last couple of years, or excuse me, year and a half, <laughs> been a couple of years, I hope it hasn't been a couple of years, but um, we have taken on 10 new missionaries during a pandemic. Our faith promise uh, met the goal, and we've had record uh, giving uh, during this pandemic, so I thank God for you. I thank God for all of you that mail it in, wire it in, or whatever. But folks, the work goes on. As a matter of fact, the work's even harder during this pandemic. So it's more important that you give to encourage these missionaries. We don't want any of them to go lacking support. And speaking of giving, um, we have a $2 million need that I'd like to present to you. And uh, it's just $2 million is all we need. And so I want you to give next week towards this $2 million goal for not our church, but Vision uh, Baptist Missions. Amen. Uh, they are building a facility, bought 64 acres of land in Ball Ground, Georgia, which wasn't cheap. They've got 800,000 raised, and they're going to raise two more million. Thank God. And they asked us to give an Easter offering. So I figured we'd give a couple of dollars, send it over there. <laughs> Amen. And... Um, I think that's great that somebody wants to have a missions headquarters where they can train uh, missionaries the right way. Most colleges don't have a clue. they got a professor that's never been on the mission field. My brother uh, also has been on the mission field for 20 years, built 60 churches. And it's a tremendous missions organization. And they need a training center to house missionaries when they're on furlough and to teach them and to house students. And they got 64 acres of land they purchased. Isn't that great? So if you'd like to give a little next week. Southern Baptists give to Lottie Moon. I ain't never met Lottie Moon. I've, I've looked for her all my life. I hadn't found her. And uh, that, when I was a Southern Baptist, uh, we gave Lottie Moon offerings once a year and some other offering. I forgot what it is. Brother Jeremy, you can tell me after service. But I'm glad we can give to something we know. And it's out of our church. Vision Baptist Church is out of our church. They are... They're, uh, part of our ministry, so I certainly think we ought to give a part of that, and I'll, I'll try to show a video showing you the land, and it's wonderful. Well, I want you to pray for me. I don't feel like preaching this morning, <clears throat> but I'm going to preach anyway, amen, and uh, I was out in the rain too much this week, uh, playing in the rain, no, um, good to see Miss Becky back, praise God, she's one that's been through it, chemo for months and months, and she's risked to be back here, she'll be in the spaced out section next week, I'm sure. Some of y'all don't need a section. Y'all still, y'all all spaced out, amen. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I was, there was an emergency in our neighborhood. Our neighbor, neighbor's uh, basement was flooded, and she's very sick, and her husband was at work to get off. So I decided I was going to stop that flood. And I want to tell you something, I drank a lot of water. <laughs> no, I drank a lot of pollen. And so my wife says, you're going to be sick doing that. I said, I don't care. But I do now because I feel like a janitor in the drum. But I do not have COVID. I had that the first week of the year. I want to announce that. Amen. All of you are looking at me like, oh, why'd you come? You got it. I ain't got nothing. I got a cold. Amen. And I got drainage and I got a cough and I ain't got no breath and I'm 70 years old and I just feel like dying. No, not really. 
I'm glad to be here. Amen. Come on, somebody smile. I'm trying to get y'all to smile. Some of y'all hadn't smiled all morning. I looked at you in Sunday school. I thought you was going to stare the teacher down. And I don't think you have to smile all the time because some things are not worthy of smiling. We ought to cry. But I think we ought to be happy we're here. Amen. And at my age, I'm glad I'm anywhere. Amen. I'm glad I can dig out a ditch and uh, pay for it later. And uh, it's, it's, it's a blessing. If there's something to do, I want to do it. I want to be a part of it. And uh, I'll probably go down with the flood. Amen. Just call me Noah. But anyway, let's look at John chapter 19. Uh, I didn't mean to take that much time, but I feel I really apologize for my voice. Uh, Brother Lamar always compliments me about my voice, my preaching voice. I appreciate that, brother. He said, you got a voice fit for radio and a face to match it. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, uh, look, at, look at John chapter 19. I'm not going to get y'all to smile. I might as well just forget it. Amen. <clears throat> What's your excuse? Amen. But John chapter 19 is our, our third utterance from the cross. And I want you to know, friend, this uniqueness is not in words, but it's who said it. Amen. Thank God for the deity of Christ. And thank God, this tonight I'll be preaching a very mysterious uh, passage where it said, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? God forsaking God. And y'all want to meditate on that a little bit and come tonight, and uh, I'll be preaching on the dark hours of Calvary. And we go back to Psalms 22 and we find out what happened in the, in the dark hours of Calvary. Isn't it wonderful to have the Bible? Amen. And thank God, friend, this is a happy portion because mother's about to be taken care of. All you mamas say amen. I think your children ought to take care of you as long as you live. Amen. And if you got a good husband, he ought to do the same. But look at verse 26. Oh, let's go back to verse 25, John 19. Y'all with me in the Word? Yeah. You don't have the Bible, you're not with me now. Come on, get your phone out or something. iPad, Bible. I like this leather back cover. Amen. It just feels like a Bible. Don't flash those phones at me. Amen. But anyway, look at... Uh, Look at John 19. Let's go with verse 25. Let's all stand on the Word of God. Amen. We salute the flag. We, we certainly can salute the Bible. The voice of provision. May I add the voice of passion. There's nothing like taking care of your mama. And you ought to take care of your mama. Amen. And your mama took care of you for many years. So you ought to take care of her. Here's Jesus on the cross taking care of his mother. Verse 25 says, And there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's wife, sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. She had a lot to be thankful for. She's a demon-possessed woman. But look at verse 26. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, here's a very strange thing he said, and I'm going to explain it, woman. He called his mother woman. I advise you children, not to ever do that. Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. You may be seated as I preach a few minutes on the fourth utterance from the cross on the voice of provision. Father, Thank you for the great Sunday school lesson, the great passage that Brother Al had the privilege of teaching. And Lord, we are reconciled and we do have the ministry of reconciliation. And Lord, we are going to heaven because of your righteousness, not our own. 
And we thank God that all that constrains us to love you and to serve you and to be your voice crying in the wilderness. So Lord, this morning, please give me strength, clearness of thought, voice, and breath to preach this message. And Lord, we're going to look forward to baptizing at the end of the service and just having a great day coming back tonight and, and preaching on a mysterious part of the cross. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Lord, please, please anoint and bless this message and this messenger for your glory. If there be one that's lost, please save him because that's why you went to the cross. In Jesus' precious name we pray and we preach all for your glory. Amen. As I said, Christ is not unique because of his words, but no man has ever taught like Jesus. No man has ever preached like Jesus. And I will say this, friend, no man ever died and three days later arose and ascended like Jesus. Our God is still on the throne. And folks, he is absolutely God. In John chapter 1, verse 1, y'all familiar with the verse, aren't you? I want you to look at it with me. In John chapter 1, and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. And folks, God, Jesus, was the Word to us. Thank God for that. And the Bible says also, uh, and, and the Word was with God, but look at this, and the Word was God. Look at verse 14 of John chapter 1. The Bible says this, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We behold His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Folks, He's absolutely God. Jesus is God, and God is Jesus, and God is the Holy Spirit. Three in one. It's the Trinity. And folks, you can't trace him, you must trust him. But I know this, God sent his only son. God sent himself wrapped up in flesh to die in your place. Romans 6, 23, the Bible says, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody had to die. And thank God Jesus took your death. Tonight, I'll prove to you that Jesus took your hell in the dark hours of Calvary. He took your sin death. The Bible says we're redeemed by his precious blood. So we're saved not by sayings, but we're saved by the sacrifice of the only begotten. And this is the third utterance of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first was a prayer, and the fourth is a prayer, and the seventh is a prayer. But folks, the first was the prayer for his enemies. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then the second one was a warm and ready response to the pill of a criminal who wanted salvation, and he said, today will you be with me in paradise. Isn't that wonderful? Thank God for no soul sleep. Seventh-day Adventists are dead wrong on that. Amen? And so is the Catholics on purgatory. Come on, folks. To be absent in the body is be present with the Lord if you're saved. And the rich man lifted up his eyes in torment if you're lost. And so, folks, not all the crowd was his foe around the cross. There was a few ladies and one gentleman that went all the way to the cross. His name was John the Beloved. And folks, I want you to know he recorded these words 
took some good notes. And folks, he was not expecting this, but he got a mama at the foot of the cross. And folks, I want you to see, first of all, this was a selflessness of, of, the, of the cry. And this cry, there was no, it was humbly uh, not thinking of himself. He didn't pray for release, which most of us would. Amen? We're all release-oriented. We want to get as far as away from threat as it can be. That's why some of y'all were in the basement day for yesterday. <laughs> Amen? I don't even have a basement. Praise God. But one time it got so bad, my wife and I, we put a baby mattress over our head and got in the hallway. Amen? Praise God. I think y'all take some prevention. But I want to tell you something. I know the master of the wind. So, and I, you can't threaten me with death. Amen. I'm telling you what, a lot of people are scared to death. Well, I, folks, you ought not be scared to die because Je you're going to be with Jesus in a far better place. Amen. But here's the Lord not thinking about himself. Most of us have said, hey, judge all these people. Lord, send one angel and wipe all these people out. But he said, Father, forgive them. And then he looks to his mama, excuse me, his mother. And folks, we see that he could care less about himself, but he cared a whole lot about her. And then second of all, we see the sufferer. He said, um, and it's predicted and prophesied, uh, when Simeon looked at Mary and said, the sword's going to pierce your heart one day. And I want you to, I'll go over that in just a minute, but I want to tell you something. Mary was probably remembering while she's at the foot of that cross with four other ladies and a, dear man of God named John. It's probably remembering the startling announcement that she as a virgin had when he says, hey, you're going to have a baby. And that baby's not just going to be any old baby. It's going to be the son of God. And I know you're a virgin because the bloodline had to come from God the Father. Say amen. That's why there's precious blood that's untainted. But the angel's starting announcement that, is, that a vir she is a virgin would become a mother must have been shocking. But she gave her body, she gave her soul, and she gave her spirit to the Lord in Luke chapter 1. And folks, I can, I can imagine at the foot of the cross, she was remembering that long trip that she took. And Jesus, uh, the week before Calvary, came in on the town and riding on a donkey's back. That's why we have Palm Sunday we celebrate. They put palm leaves down. He revealed himself as the king of kings and the lords of lords, but a humble king. And we see that in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, 913 years before the fact, he said, Jesus be born in Bethlehem. Well, they didn't live in Bethlehem. They lived quite a ways away, but there was a decree that went out that you need to pay taxes. How many love tax season? Say amen right there, Miss Stephanie, Brother Cody. My wife waits to the 14th every year to get ours into you. So I hope you're patient. But thank God, friend, tax was good that day because it brought Jesus to the exact place that he needed to be born. And she probably remembered. They went to the inn and the inn said, we have no room and we're not going to make any room. You can go back here to the horse stable and be with the cows and let him be born in a trough. How many of you like to have your babies born in a trough? <coughs> Good night. I can't imagine having a baby born at home. You know, a lot of moms just have their baby. You know, right? Jesse, did you have your babies at home? No, anyway, and, you know, it's just amazing to me. Praise God. 
But, you know, you know, they think the hospital's the only place to go. And he was born in a stable. She probably was, that was going through her mind. And then she probably remembered the time that uh, they were just minding their own business one afternoon at the little carpenter shop. And here come some kings from Orient Art. Three, maybe more. They presented gold, kingship, frankincense, priesthood. And myrrh, death, or savior, to a little toddler. A little toddler. She probably remember that glorious day. And folks, she had those distinct memories. And I know she really had that distinct memory when, as Luke chapter 2 records, that she went to the temple for the dedication. And old aged Simeon took Jesus and said, I have seen my salvation. And looked at Mary and said, the sword's going to pierce your heart. Her heart was breaking. And I guarantee you, she was a mom and one of, a wonderful mom. And folks, we see that he said something to her that a lot of people have misunderstood. He said, woman, behold thy son. Look at verse 26. You ought to circle that word woman. And Jesus therefore saw his mother in the Disciples standing by whom he loved. And that was John, the beloved, that wrote this book, the Holy Spirit through him. And he said, woman, I want you to see the sovereignty of God. I want you to see that the Lord <clears throat> Christ knew one day that Mary would be wrongly worshipped, prayed to, trusted as the matrix for sinners. And the Bible tells me and tells you in 1 Timothy 2, 5, there's only one mediator between us and God, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. No woman should be worshipped. And they call her the mother of God. They call her the queen of heaven in the Catholic Church. But I want to tell you something, friend. She was blessed among women, not above women. And so the Lord made a statement, woman, Mary, as a sinner, did not need the incarnate Christ, but she did need the crucified resurrection Christ. And so now, from now on, from Calvary on, believers would unite in Christ in a closer bond than mother-son. It was the bond of spiritual relationship. It was the Savior dying for a sinner at that moment. And folks, I want you to know that even at the wedding party, uh, when Mary came to Jesus and said, there's no wine, can you perform a miracle or something? He said, woman, how long am I going to be with thee? And it wasn't a disenchanting uh, terminology. He was saying, I am God. I know that there is no wine. And I know that I'm about to perform my first miracle. And I got it under control, mama. Amen. So he said, woman. But at, at the cross... He said, woman. The scripture says that she should be blessed among women, but not over women. And folks, look at, uh, that's what religion does. It tries to lift up priesthood, tries to lift up preachers, tries to lift up celebrities in the pulpit. When folks, our, our job is to lift up Christ. He's Christ. He's almighty God. He always is and always will be. But I want you to look back to Luke chapter 1, verse 42. Just real quick. <clears throat> Luke chapter 1, verse 42. 
The Bible says this. He says, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Mary, uh, Elizabeth, cousin Elizabeth, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She said, you're going to be blessed, Mary, among women, not over women. And then I love verse 46, Luke chapter 1. You with me? Are you listening? If you say amen, I can't hear you this morning, but so raise your hand. But anyway, it says in verse 46, <laughs> excuse me, 46, and Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. But I'll tell you where I really get excited in verse 47 of Luke chapter 1. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my, what's the next word, class? Savior. Folks, Mary had to be saved just like any other sinner. She's not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. Get that straight. Woman. Woman. So it's necessary that he disengaged human ties and said, I want you to know, Mary, that I'm your Savior. I'm your Lord. She knew it anyway, but he had to make a point because Calvary's where everybody's listening. Are you listening? He said, woman, behold thy son. So at the same time, he's putting her in her place, so to speak, but he's placing himself at Calvary with care and love and passion for his mother. You know what that tells me? Family's important. Relationships are important. But let me say this, friend. It's a sin against God if you put any relationship before the living God. And you could lose that relationship that you put before God. Fear God. And so, hey, he's saying, hey, listen. I want to take care of you, mama. And so I see the support. The great priority of home. In verse 27, it says, Then said he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. Isn't that wonderful? He's dying for your sins and my sin. He's suffering the, the pains of hell and all the sin dead upon his soul. And he has time to look at his precious mama and says, Behold, John, your mother. From that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Isn't that wonderful? Christianity will never rise any higher than your level of Christianity in the home. That's why we have marriage retreats. I'm counting the days. I hope nobody backs out. I hope everybody can afford it. If you can't afford it, see me, I'll pay your way with a little help from my friend. But I want to say this, friend. God help us. God help us this morning to realize that we take more home than John. We can bring the Holy Spirit home with us. Amen? He's the joy of the home. He's the peace of the home. He's the purpose of the home. He's the power of the home. Don't you just feel sorry for anybody that's not saved? Don't you feel sorry for anybody that don't have a spiritual relationship? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit of God. And then it says there's attributes of being filled with the Spirit of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Don't look at me, look at your Bible, amen? You'll get a lot more out of looking at your Bible than you will me. Go everywhere preaching Christ. 
G-E-P-C. That's how you find it, amen? Not General Electric Power Company. Brother Gabe corrected me. And so we got, we got, a, new, we got a new acrostic now. And I want to tell you something, go everywhere preaching Christ. I like that. So if you haven't found um, uh, Ephesians yet, you haven't uh, got the second part of it. But look at Ephesians 5, verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein it says, be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean, preacher? That means you're controlled by the Spirit. How many has ever been filled by anger? Raise your hand. And done something real stupid? Raise your hand again. You know? Like put your fist through a door because it was locked. Get a ticket 92 miles an hour because you're mad at somebody in the back seat. I'm not saying that was me, but it could have been. Amen? <laughs> we do some crazy things when we're filled with anger. Hey, how about some of you men when you were dating? I hope you're still a little this way. Have you ever done something when you was filled with jealousy that you shouldn't have? Come on now. Lester Rolf says if you don't, if you ought to love enough to at least be a little possessive of your wife. Your wives never jealous of your husbands, are you? But you're filled with jealousy; it'll control you. I know a man in the grave today because he was controlled by jealousy, had a massive heart attack. That's why he lived every day in anxiety, and it killed him. He was a good friend of mine. But I want you to know, friend, here's a wonderful example of how you ought to take care of your family. Bring the Holy Spirit home. What happens? Verse 19, speaking yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Folks, he's, he was hoping his mama would have a happy life and a joyful life. Let me hurry and say this. She did. Not because of John, because she took somebody home far greater than John. She took us the Holy Spirit home. Bring the Holy Spirit home. I preach it often on the road, and I preach it so often here, I can't preach it here anymore, but I ought to preach it again. I think I will this morning. We ought to have joy, and joy comes from the presence of God. And then it says, giving thanks always and all things to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to have gratitude in your home. You ought not take each other for granted. Children, let me, this is not Mother's Day, but let me tell you something. Honor your father and mother. It's one of the Ten Commandments with promise that your life may be long. You ought to honor your parents. That means respect them. That means love them. That means don't just go to church on Mother's Day with them. That means go to church somewhere every day and worship God and make them proud. There's some brokenhearted mothers in this room right now because their, their kids are not living like they were raised. And it's an insult against God and it's an insult against that precious Mama that sacrificed so much for you. But folks, we ought to be thankful. The Holy Spirit makes us thankful. If you're not careful, you're going to take each other for granted in your marriage. You've only been married a few months, but don't ever take each other for granted. Amen? What a blessing to be married. Have children. Three or four at a time. Praise God. Amen. That's fine. <laughs> Say amen right there, Brother Peter. I mean, just, just have a bunch of them. Praise the Lord. But I'll say, friend, listen. Home without a, the Holy Spirit is just a house. It's just, it's just a place to eat, sleep, and go to work, and come home aggravated. Come on. 
Praise God, filled with the Spirit of God, you come home and love each other, respect each other. Then last but not least, it says submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. You know what bringing the Holy Spirit does? It allows you to fear God. As Brother Al taught this morning, that means respect God. There's nothing that will honor your mama and your daddy more, children, than you'd respect God. Amen. I mean, when you live for God's glory and God's honor, it, it, there's no greater joy. Oh, some of y'all so wrapped up in your kids hitting a home run or shoot, shooting a three-pointer. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of people hitting home runs and shooting three-pointers that are of the devil. And I want to tell you this. If the major league ball players boycott the uh, all-star game in Atlanta because we want voters to be able to be identified, you can have the major league ball teams. And they can stay out of Georgia for all I care. Just thought I'd throw that in and make some of you liberals mad. But I want to say this, friend. God help us. God help us to honor our parents more than we do some ball star. Some Hollywood star. Some of the Hollywood people are irate over what's happening in Georgia. They said, we're not going to produce another film in Georgia. Well, let me just say this. Go back to Hollywood where you belong. Amen. Amen. This supposed to have been a nice sermon. Praise God. Go back to Hollywood where you came from. I'm not going to put up with a bunch of stinking liberals trying to run our good old state called Georgia. Amen. But folks, listen. We ought to honor God more than we honor politics, more than we honor presidents, senators, governors. Folks, he's God. And folks, only the Holy Spirit can help us honor God, fear God, respect God. And folks, you'll never even call him Lord unless you are filled with the Spirit of God. Isn't that great? That God helps you see who God is. That you recognize who God is. I want to tell you something. There's a heathen generation that's coming along that could care less what God thinks. I think our government thinks that. But I want to tell you something, friend. One day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And one day he's coming with the government upon his shoulders, the Prince of Peace, and praise God, he's going to set this whole place straight. And I'm going to tell you something. Hellstone's falling 125 pounds, water turned into blood, and I am guarantee you he'll have the last word. Amen. And it'll be a word of judgment. But at the cross, at the cross, it's a word of compassion. It's a word of love. He sets a wonderful example for us because the next verse says, Wives, submit yourselves on your own husband as in the Lord. You thought I was going to stop at verse 21, didn't you? I would never not read verse 22. No, but it says, but listen to this. Verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands and everything. But here's the key, husbands. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I want to tell you what's so wonderful about bringing the Holy Spirit home. You can be like Christ. That was worth the trip this morning. I know some of y'all had to fight the war to get here with four kids and it was raining and some of you didn't feel good. Or if you don't feel good, I don't know why you're looking that way. But, you know, you know I'm, just, I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm just saying 
that folks, husbands should be so much like Christ that you're not hard to submit to. I feel like I died and went to a couple's retreat this morning. Anyway, we shouldn't be, men, you ought to be leaders and loving, not Lord over your family, but I mean loving leadership that makes you so attractive that your wife wants to follow you. And you are the leader, wimp. You are called to be the leader of the family. God help us get more men of God that'll be like Jesus. Not like Hitler. Not like a Marine sergeant. Like Jesus. Woman, behold thy son. John, behold thy mother. Jesus was a wonderful example, don't you think? You know what I love about Jesus? And I hope you appreciate this about me. Not that I'm anywhere close to Jesus. I want to be. He practiced what he preached. Ten Commandments. Honor thy father and thy mother. He was honoring her. And he was loving her. And he was taking care of her. Christ fulfilled the law to the very end, especially at Calvary. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. If you'll turn back with Proverbs, please. Psalms, Proverbs. We've got time this morning. I know I'm baptized. I know you've got a choir meeting. Praise God. Proverbs 1, 8 says this. My son, hear the instructions of thy father and forsake not the law. Amen. The law of thy mother. My mother set down the law when, when she was around, amen. My daddy, you know the story, he got saved later in his life. I thank God that I had a mama with some standards. I thank, I thank God I had a mama that raised me up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and took me to church whether I felt like it or not. And I want to tell you something, on Sunday morning, we didn't vote on coming to church. We didn't even vote on going to Sunday school. Praise God, we didn't even vote on going to visitation. My mother said we're going. Amen, Brother Darrell. You had a mother just like that. And thank God for her. Proverbs 23, verse 22. Proverbs 23, verse 22. I'll try to close. I got six minutes. What you in a hurry about? Proverbs 23, verse uh, 22. Look at it with me. I'm just glad to be here. It says, hearken unto thy father that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. Amen. I'll tell you what, there's one thing I didn't put up with. You can ask Jason. You can ask, you can especially ask Stephanie. I never put up with any disrespect towards mama. It was, it was execution on the spot if they ever even inclined disrespect to mama. Because I know how mama loved them. And I know how mama took care of them. And I know how mama sacrificed for them. And so if I even saw a little eye glance, like uh, it was, it was, it was, it was on. It was on. And I know I've preached against discipline and anger, but I broke every rule in the book (laughs) when that took place. (laughs) Because mama needed to be honored. Say amen. And protected. And led. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, 
The Bible says in the last days there'll be perilous times. And you know what one of the traits is? It would be children that are unthankful and disobedient to parents. Are we living there now? And also there'll be unnatural affection. That means mama's not loving children like they should. Deserting them and aborting them. That's sin. It's wicked. I don't care what you think. I know what the Bible says. Amen, Brother Al. I know what the Bible says. The Bible says life began at conception. One of the perils of the last days is children being disobedient. One of the perils of the last days is parents having not natural affection, abusing their children. You know, there's one thing I, I, I don't have much patience with is people that abuse little children. And again, I think one of the worst child abuses there is is when a baby's in a womb and somebody, because of a career, says they're going to suck them out with saline or chop them in pieces and call it pro-life or pro-something, uh, pro pro-choice. That's it, choice, not pro-life. No, folks, the choice was ended when you got pregnant. Say amen. It's just like on this uh, changing your sex. That was determined when you was born. Come on now, I'm pro that, that ought to have brought somebody out of the closet. I, I shouldn't have said that, amen. Ought to be some amen somewhere around here. Not only was he a perfect example of the love to his family, but he was a perfect example of how we ought to serve God. He said, John, I got a job for you. He extends human responsibility, human responsibility, and calls and said, I want you to support somebody. Look at, look at our text and we'll close real quick. And I often wondered this, and God gave me the answer. This I've been preaching 47 years, and God gave me an answer to a question I've had for years. Why did not the Lord assign the brothers and sisters of the Lord, even stepbrothers and stepsisters, I guess, to take care of? Why John? I'll tell you why. Why did he delegate to the, to the brothers? I wonder why he didn't say, I want you to have this assignment instead of giving it to John. Well, number one, John was there and his brothers weren't there. But I am of the conclusion that his brothers were lost. And I believe they rejected him. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 6 to prove it, verse 3 and 4. Mark chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James? He had a brother named James. Why didn't James take care of him? and Joseph, and of Judah, and Simon. They are not his sisters, and are not his sisters here with us. Have some sisters. And they were offended at him. His own brothers and sisters were offended at him. Probably jealous. But look at verse 4. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not, is not without honor, but in his own country. And among his own kin and his own house. Folks, his brothers and sisters had an inward grudge towards Jesus. They did not believe. And folks, I want to tell you something. He said it straight in Matthew chapter 10, verse 36. Look at it, Matthew chapter 10, verse 36, I believe it is. I might be wrong. I'm a little cloudy this morning. Y'all bear with me, please. Pray for me. Besides, bear with me. 
In uh, Matthew 10, 36, the Bible says this, And a man's foes, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. You ever had somebody real close to you turn on you because of your faith? Hurts, don't it? Really hurts. But I want you to look at Matthew chapter 12 where he sets all this family stuff in place. Matthew chapter 12. He thought enough of his mama to take care of his mama. And don't you ever think Jesus don't want you to put your family second. But I won't tell you who comes first, Jesus. Yeah. Don't ever think that you should uh, uh, take the gift of God, your children, and put them before God. My mother never voted on coming to church. She said, we're going. And guess what? She chose the church. <laughs> I didn't have, I said, I won't go over here where they're having some rock and roll, mama. She would have beat me to death. No, she wouldn't have beat me. She said, no, you're going to this old-fashioned Baptist church. I'm glad she, I'm glad she has some good sense. But look at Matthew chapter 12, spiritual sense. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, please. Anybody interested in this? Say amen. amen. Verse 46 says, while he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with him. And then one said to him, behold, the mother and the brethren... The brethren, the one that I, you know, I, why don't they take care of, of her? And the mother and the brethren stand without, desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother? And who is my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of, of my Father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. He's going to tell you something. There's a more important relationship. Spiritual. Spiritual. Now let's take it home and let's be spiritual. But then you'll turn over to Acts chapter 1. I got good news for you. Jesus' family got saved. His brothers got saved. Amen. They didn't want to get saved for a while. They were jealous. But Acts chapter 1 verse 14, it proves they got saved. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 14. This is interesting to me. I'm so interested, I'm going to go over time. But look at this, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, please. The Bible says, But Peter, standing up with eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Galilee, why stand ye uh, dwelling in Jerusalem? Uh, be it known to you, hearken to my words. But these are not drunken, as we're supposed to see he is but the third hour. And this is the which is spoken by the prophet. And so, folks, we see that I, I'm in Acts chapter 2, aren't I? That's good. Though. I told you that I was a little foggy this morning. Amen. I was fixing to say, how in the world am I going to make that verse fit? Amen. <laughs> Look at verse 14 of chapter 1. I'm glad some of y'all can smile. Uh, just lower your mask just a little bit and let me see you smile one time. Okay, good. Thank you. Put it back up. It says in verse 14, these all continue with one accord in what? Prayer and supplications with the woman, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. I believe, folks, that was his children. I believe, folks, that the children got saved. And folks, we see, and thank God, that she had four children with her that had come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Woman, 
Behold thy son. John, behold thy mother. Folks, he was God Almighty saying, Mary, I'm now, and I always have been, Lord. I'm God. I'm your Savior. And our relationship will continue by the Spirit. We'll have a spiritual relationship. But John, don't get so spiritual that you sit on your blessed assurance and just study the Bible. I got a job for you to do. I got a service for you. I got a ministry for you. And that ministry was take care of mama. I believe John did a great job. But I believe the Holy Spirit did a greater job because the Holy Spirit went home to Mary. Aren't you glad that the Lord was not condemning everybody and forsaking everybody and judging everybody? He was just loving everybody when he went to that cross and he died in your place. And he wants you to have a happy family. But he wants you to have a family where he's Lord and he's loved. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for the strength and the sense to get through it. And I hope, Lord God, the Word of God spoke. And I hope the Word of God confirmed that you always will love us. And you'll never, as I'll preach tonight, forsake us, even in the dark times of our life. Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the sacrifice of your blood. Thank you, Lord, for giving us families. I don't know what I'd do without my family. I thank you for my precious wife, my four precious children, my 13 grandchildren. I hope soon to be 14. Oh, God, please help us never to take each other for granted. And God, help us to worship you together and be faithfully serving you together. Lord, I am so thankful that my children want to be in church this morning. And I'm so thankful they want to serve you. And I'm so thankful, dear God, for a wife that's been such a good mama to my children. And Lord, I know that we probably wouldn't even be married today if it wasn't for your spirit. And Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you, dear God, for your death. Thank you for your burial. Thank you for your resurrection. And God, thank you for your ascension. But God, thank you for sending the Holy Ghost to us. That will you abide in our lives and in our homes, in our marriage, in our relationships forever. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary. With every head bowed, every eye closed, how's your home life? How's your love life? How's your spiritual walk? Well, I want to tell you something, friend. Jesus paid it all. And Jesus is enough. And the Holy Ghost will accompany you and help you and guide you. <coughs> if you'll only let him. If you'll only yield. So this morning, have me say, Preacher, I know I'm saved. If I die today, I know I'd go to heaven. But tomorrow I can live for God's glory and have a happy home. And better than a happy home, have a holy home. 
know I'm saved. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that all over this place? I'm glad you're saved. Say amen. I didn't ask you as religious. I didn't ask you if you coming through Mary. I asked you if you come through Jesus. Several cannot raise your hand. You'd say, preacher, this morning, I get what you're preaching. The Lord is enough. His death, burial, and resurrection will save me, but I've never been saved, but I sure would like to be, and I want you to pray for me. You're not saved, but you'd like to be. Would you raise your hand for prayer? Would you think enough of your own soul to raise your hand and say, please pray for me? Anyone? Anyone? Now I want to close by saying this. Thank God the first word was a prayer of intercession from the cross. We ought to be like Jesus. We ought not be here just for ourselves. Amen. We shouldn't be here for ourselves. We ought to be here for others. We ought to be here for God's glory most of all, but there's somebody you need to pray for. How many know somebody that's having a hard time in their home? How many know somebody that's got lost children? How many know somebody that's got some backslidden children? How many know somebody's got a backslidden wife or a backslidden husband or a lost husband or a lost wife? And you want to pray for them this morning in the closing of this service. Would you raise your hand on their behalf? God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. God bless you. I wish you'd pray for a nephew that's breaking our heart. I wish you'd pray for Todd. It's on my heart heavy this morning. I don't know what's going to happen in a few days ahead, but I feel like God's giving him another chance. How about you? You got somebody that you're burdened for? Won't even come to church? Won't darken the doors of any church? I mean, won't follow the Lord and believers baptism? Won't be obedient? I mean, robbing God with their life, their glory, their time, their talent, their treasures. And they're just wasting their life. We ought to pray for them as a church. Anybody else? Real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Calvary. We thank you for the third utterance. Looking forward to preaching tonight, but God, I just can't get over how you took care of your mama. God, I can't get over how you instilled in John service, sacrifice, love, and the joy of going on for God and taking care of people ministry so Lord help us this morning those who couldn't raise their hand to be saved save them because you did all that's necessary at Calvary Lord for all those that have loved ones that are breaking their hearts oh God oh God help them to see Calvary help them to see Jesus help them to hear from the word the loving words of Jesus Lord, save their soul before it's too late. We'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name.